With the 14th pick in the 2019 NBA Draft, the Boston Celtics select Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, Carson Edwards, Tremont Waters, Vincent Poirier, Javante Green, Robert Williams III, Jimmy Ogilvy, right, Brad Wanamaker, Daniel Tice, Dennis Cantor, Taco Fall, Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, from the University of Connecticut. And we are back with another episode of From the Raptors. Uh, we're here today on a Monday night when we're recording this. And uh, my opening question to you, Sam, today, do you have any hidden talents? No. <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> Straight up nothing? Yeah, I'm just kind of funny. I mean, I can probably, like, outrun you. Like, I can All run right. longer than you probably. Fair. Um, I can't run. I'm okay so. at 2K. Yeah. Um... You, nothing like I, no, nothing <laughs> special. I mean, I guess I'm just kind of funny. Like that's kind of what I got. I got you. I got. What you. about you? Um, I can sing. I did like that stuff in high school. So, I, I would, I'd like to say I'm a pretty good singer. But outside of that, sometimes like, I wish I could sing. But then like I wouldn't do anything with it. You know? Yeah, it's not like necessarily useful. It's just kind of cool. Like I got a ukulele for Christmas. And I was that kid, so I, I brought it around, and someone goes, hey, play something, like, expecting me to be shit, and then I, I broke it out, and they were like, whoa. And I was like, yeah. So, like, moments like that, it's pretty cool, but other than that, it's just kind of... I, I sing in the shower. Come to fuck himself? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's cool, though. Uh, it's just, like, a, a stupid, like, hidden talent, like what I said, but... Other than that, I wanted to start off uh, with a tweet that someone... Uh, you responded to on Twitter... Uh, do you know oh, what we I'm got a response? About? No, no, no. I'm talking about something that you responded to. You responded. Re- oh, to something. did I respond? Was it the Lakers thing? No, it was. Um, someone said just tuned into a Celtics podcast, and they're oh, talking yes. about all the bad yeah, things. Yeah, they they said something along the lines of, if you remember better, uh, interrupt me. But uh, I just tuned into a Celtics podcast, and they were talking about everything the Celtics did wrong. Why would I want to hear that? And what did you say, Sim? Oh, I said we will be on the Kool-Aid today. Uh, the Celtics won on Saturday night mm-hmm. uh, pretty decisively, wire to wire. There was a scare at the end, but what else is new? Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be a Celtics I, game without a scare. Yes, sir. And I am drinking that Kool-Aid, man. It felt good. That shit felt so good. Yeah. I needed that. Um, like you said, the scare at the end was one thing, but we've come to expect that as Celtics fans, I feel like. It's, yeah, uh, I, I agree for sure. Inevitable. Duncan Robinson's just a beast. Tough to stop that dude uh, completely. But uh, first thing, uh, Jalen Brown finally, just f- finally got some touches. Uh, what do you think of his game in game three? I, You know, I think Jalen's been really good the whole playoffs. I have no problem with, you know, his play. It's just unfortunate those first two games he didn't get involved as much as he should have been. Yeah. Um. Hot take for me, I really think the Celtics are really about to rip off four wins in a row. Really? It's it's not even it's not even the bias speaking. It's just like they've been the better team the whole series. Yeah. Uh they've been in the lead for seventy five percent of the game. Sean Granny put that out uh a couple days ago. Like there's just so there's just so many ways that they are better. I agree. 
Um, I mean, they should be up three nothing right now. There's no sure. question about it. You cannot argue it. They for should sure. be up three nothing, and they're not. And like you said, or uh, like Twitter reminded us constantly, the last two conference finals winners out of the East have been down 2-0. The Raptors last year lost the first two to the Bucks, then won four straight. Uh, the Cavs two years ago with us, like obviously they won in a heartbreaker for the Celtics. But I mean, yes, that's all true, but it really doesn't mean mean anything to the Celtics right now. You know, I'm ju- I'm just saying that being 0-2 down 0-2 doesn't mean shit in the long run. Like, it doesn't mean Cavs- the world's o- the world's ending like uh twitter likes to remind us it is but <laughs> exactly i mean we'll see you know wednesday's a big day i think the celtics should win i always think they should win um i i sure hope they do because yeah. they lose is gonna be like, tough why the fuck are we waiting till wednesday that kills me like it's because whoa. there's monday night football tonight if you want the real answer espn has uh rights to the eastern conference finals and they have monday night football so they don't want to have to balance both of them so trash. I guess it does let the Lakers Nuggets series catch up. So a if you want to clip in my rant from last time uh, about how I hate football, <laughs> there you go. But in all honesty, it's not the worst thing in the world for the Celtics. I mean, Gordon Hayward gets a little extra time to rest after his first game back. He had a couple different instances where he asked to be taken out because he was a little tired. There are some yeah. positives. I mean, the Celtics have a lot of time to keep game planning, keep getting better. As Jalen Brown said, game four starts right now at the time of him being interviewed post game. So. I mean, I mean, there is just plenty for plenty them work to work to on. Yeah, plenty of work to be done. Speaking of Hayward, uh, I tweeted out after the game a little while after this uh, fact that the Boston Celtics have not lost a playoff game during this run where Gordon Hayward has played, and that is now my most liked tweet of all time. Uh, How many? So, I, not that much, like 137, but it, it oh, got geez. a lot of likes. I didn't even see that. I don't even know if I liked it. So that's an authentic <laughs> tweet that I yeah, didn't even I have to like. <laughs> what um, are you trying to say? <laughs> um, no, yeah, I mean that's a fact. Gordon Hayward, every time he's played during this playoffs, he's won. Granted, he didn't play against the Raptors, so we, it's we probably... also true that every time I bring the drip, the Celtics win. They are one and zero. When I break out the leprechaun hat, the glowing clover chain, mm. Saturday night I had had enough of losing. I said I'm going to do everything I can. From Let's go. my friend's house. We'd love to and, see it. You know, I'll be bringing the drip again on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Games one and two. So uh, if, you're, if you like to bet, I would put the house on the Celtics Wednesday, and you will have two houses. Fuck yes. <laughs> two houses. Game one, I sat in. One of my uh, friends says that, and it's probably my favorite thing ever. No, yeah, it's a good quote. I bet sat the in the house, two houses. Yeah, I sat in my chair for game one. I sat up for my couch or on my couch in game two and game three i was like you know what fuck this house and i went to watch it at my dad's and before game three your dad's better have some company uh, dead ass i told him i'm gonna come back to your house dad because i watched two of the philly games at his house then i watched game five of the raptors game uh series at his house so we haven't lost when i'm at my dad's house so i'm not i'm not gonna watch any more games uh, at my house so (laughs) if if you're listening to this tell us if you have any superstitions facts Um, facts I might tweet it out sometime, maybe any, Wednesday. Any good superstition stories besides the uh, the old leprechaun hat? So, back in the day, and this is still something I will do sometimes, mm-hmm. if the Celtics are playing, like, kind of shit before halftime, at halftime, to pass the time, I go and take a shower. Mm, okay. I see. Um, sometimes yeah. that will turn the tides. I don't think I've done anything 
aside from like I said, going to my dad's for the Celtics. But I remember you, you obviously you remember when the Pats played the Falcons. I know you hate football, but like that was an iconic. I do remember. Game. <laughs> so I was at my friend Jacob's house uh, watching it with me, uh, him, and our two friends, both named Danny, uh, and then Jacob's dad. And halftime, my brother went home because he was tired of it. He was just pissed, so he I ended up going to bed, which sucks for him. But uh, we we went upstairs. We were watching in the basement. Then we went upstairs to watch with uh, Jacob's dad. Uh, shout out, Mister Less. And we we were watching it, and they started to come back. And he his dad got up to try to go get a drink of water, and none of us had moved. And so we all looked at him and said, Mister Less. You cannot move. What are you doing? Sit back. And we made him sit back down because we thought it would ruin the, the I don't even know the aura or something. Oh, yeah. actually, I have another good story when you finish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was it. It's just like we yeah, still. He like talks about it all the time because it's like one of his favorite memories. One of mine too. Us yelling at our friend's dad to sit down <laughs> in the middle of the Pats game. So I went with my friends on Wednesday. Usually, I like to watch from home, but every time I go there for a game, we have. This stick at their house. A stick. We call it the magical stick. <laughs> is it and just like a normal stick? It's like, I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's just a regular stick. I mean, it's All not right. like a pool stick or anything, but it's just yeah, like, yeah. it's not It's not from outside either. It's just, it's like, a stick of I don't really know what it, like maybe like a broomstick or something. Okay, yeah. There's no broom head anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we have, we call it the magical stick and we pass it around, you know, like if you're holding the stick and they're doing good, you keep holding it. And like if they turn it over <laughs> or something. Yeah. Then you give up the stick. And <laughs> the origin of the magical stick is game three against Philadelphia. Like, I was playing around with it. Mm-hmm. And, like, Kemba started going off. So we said, oh, like, Kemba's got, like, a huge cock. Like, this is Kemba's cock. <laughs> and so we were like, oh, like, hold Kemba's cock. Like, he's going off. So. Oh, we passed it around and then his roommate came home and his roommate held the stick and they really like went on the, that huge run to close the game. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, it's been a ritual to hold the magic stick. Wow. Do you hold it last game? Yeah, I did. I, wow. I was okay. I, I had, I had the magic stick early in the third or when they went on like a nine Oh run the third or something like mm-hmm. that. Like they, they went on a run when I had the stick and it was hype. Who had the uh, who had the stick when uh, Marcus Smart was taking all those shots at the end of the game, uh, early into the shot clock, because he shouldn't be able to hold the stick anymore? <laughs> sure. I'm not sure. It might have been moving around a little bit then. I mean, that brings Usually when things point. don't go well, the stick moves. That's yeah. the way we try and do it. I mean, yeah, that wasn't really my favorite plays of the game. I wanted to talk about that next. What do you think about Marcus Smart kind of taking over at the end of the game there, taking matters into his own hands? Marcus did have... Um... The last 10 points. Yeah, but some of those shots are questionable, man. Like that little um, floater he got bailed out on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I do remember that. That was awful, man. I was like, what are you doing? Just milk like, the clock, right? Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, Marcus, he wasn't chucking up threes last game. That's definitely yeah. a positive. I mean, I don't personally mind as much. I know you cringe when he shoots. I don't. Yeah, not even in a bad way. Like, I, I like when he makes – because when he's making it, I know it's, like, a good chance going in. But when he takes some of those, like, ah, uh, those ones that just don't look like good shots and you know it's just Marcus getting in that mode of, like, no, I got to do this for the team. I'm just sitting there like, you really don't. You really don't, Marcus. Come on now. Pass the ball. But he's a legend. Like, he can't 
you can't get mad when he takes the shot. It's just like, please, it's, it's just me like praying, dear God, please let this go in. So it's just a matter of that. Um, yeah, I, I hear that. So we talked about it briefly. I think we got sidetracked a little bit. Gordon Hayward, uh, we haven't lost while playing him. Do you think that's a coincidence, or do you think Gordon Hayward legitimately has that kind of effect on the Celtics this season? It's no coincidence. I mean, he's definitely like another uh, just below all-star level caliber, I mean, player that's on the floor. That's someone else they have to worry about that you saw in Game 3. The Celtics shot 58% against the zone compared to 30% over the first two games. He definitely had an impact there. He does a great job at distributing the ball. He makes some good outlet passes, makes things easier in transition. You saw the Celtics really play well in transition on, what was it, Saturday? Yeah, I think so. So that's another positive. Yeah, I mean, he didn't necessarily – well, right when he came in the game, he grabbed a rebound and dished out a pass. Like, the impact was almost instantaneous when he stepped in. So it's it's just a matter of him getting back to complete full strength because obviously we saw – how well he played, but like you said, he did get subbed out a couple times when he needed it. So if we can get Hayward back to prime Hayward when he was yeah. uh, handling the ball and dishing out passes and scoring at will, then I, I genuinely think you're right. The Celtics could win the next three. I mean, I just feel like they've played so well so far, even yeah. you know, despite the collapses, they've been a pretty good team. I mean, you really can't nitpick other than that. I mean, it's not terrible. You know, no, yeah. So they've got so much potential. If they just closed out those two games, they'd be up three nothing. I mean, shoulda, woulda, coulda, but exactly. You know, I don't see any reason why they should be losing any games to this Miami team. Not that Miami's not a solid team, but like, geez, mm-hmm. they've been the better team this whole series, and they just haven't been able to execute. Mm-hmm. I think a huge key uh, in the win on it was Saturday. Yeah, was. We shut down Goran Dragic so yeah, well. Yeah, putting like, Marcus on him was definitely the move, and I would assume Brad is going to do that going forward. Yeah, like he, he's been a killer for Miami the whole playoff run. He was, as we saw in games one and two, just destroying the Celtics. So he should be the focal point of our defense rather than Butler. I guess Bam is kind of important too because he, he did have a monster game on Saturday, but it didn't matter as much because they, they live and die by the three, in my opinion. Would you agree with that? Miami? Yeah. Um, to an extent. I mean, they really tore the Celtics up with the pick and roll in game two. True, true. But I'm looking at it there. I'm trying to find the three-point percentages. Uh, I guess they only shot 32.6% in game two. Uh, game one, they shot, let's see here, 44%. And then in game three, they shot 27%. So that's like, they only made nine threes in game three which is it's pretty good or no the celtics made nine threes the uh heat only made 12 but something else i did want to talk to you about the celtics didn't take as many threes which was kind of huge you notice that yeah they focused on getting the basket and they did a great job and it really helps that kemba's been better uh i think his back-to-back games now he's had 20 points yeah so he's (laughs) definitely figured out whatever was wrong and it takes the pressure off tatum and when kemba's playing well like I said, it just takes the pressure off Tatum. You don't have to have a double team coming at him every single time off a of pick and roll because he can pass, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And Kemba made his threes for once, which he was struggling so much with. Like, I remember we talked to uh, Tim wrote about it for Bannertown. Tim Shields, uh, you guys should follow him at Tim Shields NBA, wrote about how he wanted Kemba to start taking more mid-range shots and stray away from the three. But luckily for everybody, he started making those shots in game three, which I think, like you said, really opens it up for everybody else. Yeah. I mean, oh man, having Kemba 
be at Kemba level is just yeah. such a huge advantage. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a big part of the team. He's an all-star. Like, he's yeah, he was an all-star starter this year. Yeah. Best yeah. point guard in the East, according to the voters. Yes, sir. Um, Brown, Tatum, Smart, and Walker all had 20-plus. Uh, Brown, 26, Tatum, 25, Smart, 20, Walker, 21. I think that speaks a lot to how well the Celtics were able to move the ball in that game. Do you Did you see more ball movement uh, in comparisons to game one and two? Do you think that was a big factor on offense? Uh, I saw a lot more running. I think that's where they yeah. were at their best was transition. And that goes to defense. And I've been saying it since Toronto, since we really needed to think about, all right, what's going wrong? What Where can the Celtics improve? And it's definitely, if you can't score, then play defense. That's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Do you know who was a defensive monster that game? Jalen Brown. He was on fire. He just like... Yeah, he was tipping passes. Whatever happened in the locker room definitely sparked a little bit of something out of Jalen because he played a really solid game. Yeah, no, I agree. And, I mean, Hayward had three steals too. I I remember one play specifically where he kind of got in the way of a pass that someone was trying to make along the baseline and it just led to a fast break. And like you said, the fast break was where the Celtics killed the heat, I think. I mean... Defense leads to offense, so it, it was definitely huge having Hayward back. And Hayward's defense isn't something that's talked about a lot, but Hayward's a decent defender. Like, he's not useless. Yeah, I just, I really think the Celtics should just rip off four straight wins. I don't wow. see any reason they shouldn't. God, I hope so, man. You, I mean, you sound really hesitant, but, like, I mean, really, like, they really have no reason not to. No, I I believe in it, and I think the Celtics have the ability to do it. It's not, I'm it's not stressful. Hesitant. Like, I understand. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, there's no reason at all that they should not rip off four straight wins here. I'm not necessarily hesitant at their ability to do that. I'm hesitant at the fact if they get two or three more wins in a row, which I I think they'll win game four. I'm very confident that they can win game four. I don't think there's any reason they shouldn't. But if they win two or three more, do they get comfortable again? That's what makes me nervous. Um, Because you don't know at this point. I mean, they might. Which I think they're, they've learned their – I mean, even if they get comfortable, Jack, like really – first of all, they have Gordon Hayward back, so that's yeah. a difference maker in itself, yeah. right? Yes. It's not the same team from game one and two. Mm-hmm. So you've got Gordon Hayward back. That is an additional score you've got. Definite, additional person Miami has to worry about on defense, opens up the zone a little bit more because he's able to shoot. Like, there's just – the Celtics are overwhelmingly the better team. Yeah, I mean – Miami is not a bad team by any sorts, but the Celtics are like Miami upgraded. True. Miami is a team that has all kinds of scores or that different players. We've seen it. Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Goron, Jimmy Butler's, of course, great bam. But like the Celtics, other than well, Jimmy's Jimmy's an all-star as well, but yeah. I mean, you could argue Tatum's just as good, if not better, than uh Jimmy. Yeah. Right. De- now. Definitely uh Jimmy's more seasoned for sure, but Tatum's yeah. I, I agree. Something I saw today, uh, Jimmy Butler, th- this was like a run through. 2017, he was on the Bulls, and that was the last time they made the playoffs. Next year, he was on the Wolves, and that was the last and only time they made the playoffs in the past like decade. Yeah, uh, six, six, Sorry, Sixers, Sixers last year, conference finals this year, first round exit. Heat this year in the playoffs, or for the like. Don't give him too much credit. You know Philly only uh, made the conference semis last year. Yeah, you said conference finals. You're right. You're right. They made it one round further with Jimmy, but I'm just saying wherever Jimmy goes, winning follows. Like that, those Bulls in the 
the Wolves teams are very much. I'm not discounting him. I think he's a good player. And honestly, I feel like he would low key be like a good Celtic because of how hard he plays. He'd be really great. Like Marcus. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just. Celtics are definitely better. I think the Celtics are definitely better. The Celtics have been woken up. You know, sometimes they need a little kick in the ass. We've talked about it before. They like to play down to competition, and unfortunately, that that is how it is. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there is no reason at all that they should not be able to win a couple games here. I agree. Something that really impressed me. You remember when the Heat were making a run in, like, I think maybe it was late the second quarter. And Tyler yeah, Hill. and the Celtics were able to respond. That's exactly huge because exactly. that means there is improvement. Mm-hmm. I think that was the biggest uh, eye opener for me in Game Three was that uh, the way I phrased it, where the Celtics was able to stop the bleeding and that's something they hadn't been able to do in games one and two yeah and they've figured something out they figured out what they have to do on offense Mm -hmm. what they have to do on defense to make it so they're not just getting ran through yeah because we've seen it through the first two games that's why they lost it's unfortunate they lost they should not have lost but they did Mm -hmm. so all you can do from that point on is be better just fix it they just gotta fix it man um Marcus Smart, uh, the quote came out today. I think it was the first time he spoke to the media since the incident in the locker room. He said that that incident energized the Celtics, and I think it's facts. I think that thing – Dante uh, Dante on deck tweeted out, um, it's either going to help them propel forward or have them completely collapse, and I think it really did propel them forward, Jalen Brown especially. Yeah. I mean – they got called out. They said, okay, you need to be better. You need to be a better player in order for us to win. And he did. He stepped up on defense. He he wasn't the monster he had been, really, through the first two games. He wasn't making an impact. That's not all his fault. He wasn't getting the ball. And that's probably part, part of the reason he was in the argument. Mm-hmm. They had to be physically separated, Brown and Smart, right? As, as John said, some of the healthiest things you can do as a team is voice what's going on. Yes, I agree. And then you can work towards a solution. And that's mm -hmm. probably what we saw happen. Mm -hmm. Because bottling it up just doesn't accomplish anything. If anything, it just makes it worse. It just makes it worse. Uh, Did you see the videos today of Smart and Cantor by the pool? Yes, I did. Yeah. I was actually going to bring that up. (laughs) Didn't, um, I'm pretty sure Cantor put it out there and said uh, the the fight in the locker room obviously carried over to the pool. We had to fight it out uh, (laughs) poolside. It's just smart shoving him in the pool. But if that's not more evidence that the Celtics are just a bunch of brothers at this point, I don't know what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the Celtics are uh, what some would say the balls. Celtics are the balls. Celtics are the balls. That is facts. And I think um, Ennis Cantor, man, he's such a good locker room guy. I'm going to be really sad if he leaves this offseason because uh, he wasn't getting much playing time. But even when he wasn't playing in, like, the first couple series – he was just on the bench. You can see. He doesn't seem to kill him. No, he just he just wants to win, man, and that's what you really need depends. on this team. Does he want to stay and you know win, or does he want to leave and get playing time? It's up to him. And and I, I mean, wouldn't blame him. If whatever happens, I don't blame him. I mean, exactly. I like Cantor. A lot of people really don't like Cantor, and it's disappointing because like I understand like you know he goes out there and sometimes bad things happen, but like there have been times he goes out there and great things happen. Just exactly. look at the Lakers game from January, and he went out there and absolutely kicked ass. So, I don't know if this still holds true, but before the bubble, the Celtics didn't lose a single game where he got a double-double. 
So, I mean, that says something, too. He's rebounded the ball. That fixes a major issue the Celtics have because the Celtics can't rebound for shit, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've done a really good job at team rebounding. Tatum and Brown have been putting up extremely yeah. impressive numbers. Yeah, but we don't have that guy. Like, Bam obviously gets a ton of rebounds. Like, if you look at Rudy Gobert and guys like that, we don't have that center that can grab those boards. And yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they it's don't necessarily issue. need it. Yeah, I'm not it's saying more it's important that Tice is a, a somewhat of a threat from the outside. Yeah, I, I'm just saying that that's where uh, Cantor's use comes in. Like, he's not completely useless, like a lot of people decide to say. Yeah. So, uh, w- what are you thinking of Deuce in the bubble? Are you getting enough content from that yet? <laughs> I'm happy he's having a good time. I'm happy Tatum has his son there for sure. I think it's chilling. I, I, Deuce is big chilling. He was in the video by the pool with Cantor and Smart. Was he? I didn't even notice him. Yeah, dude. He was in the background. There were um, a couple videos, but one of them, Deuce was trying to run over to play with them, and Tatum had to hold him back. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get in the scrap, dude. He would have pushed Smart and Cantor in the pool. That kid's a future all-star. I can feel it. <laughs> uh, someone else I wanted to talk about, uh, shifting gears again, Grant Williams. What a guy. He was mic'd up in game three. Uh, came in, hit a huge shot. He's shooting amazing. Uh, from deep, in it's the so weird. Like Brad never plays Grant in the first half. I know he it doesn't matter. Time time again. I guess maybe he's saving him. I don't know. But I yeah, mean, like you were saying, he's ten of fifteen in the playoffs. Something's Grant working, is the man. man. Something is working. Uh, his defense Funny, he started off over twenty five. Honestly, right? If you take that away, he's probably shooting a decent clip from outside. I mean, his defense, though, more than anything, like, I know there was a play uh, that I have in my mind where he met Bam at the rim and just stuffed the shit out of him. Uh, (laughs) He's just been huge, like, especially when Tice fouls out, because we know the war on Tice is as real as ever, so you need someone to come in and play those minutes, and Grant Williams has just been that guy to play the small ball five. Uh, I don't think we talk about it enough that Grant Williams could see a lot more minutes at the five starting next season and starting now, honestly. Yeah, he's a great small ball five, like you mentioned. And another thing we didn't mention about Hayward being back is they can play another small ball lineup with Tatum at the center. Yes. Yes. And that lineup had a plus Plus 86 net rating. Something like that, yeah. That's like legendary numbers. Like, I know it was only for a game, obviously, so I can't overreact too much. But, like, that lineup of five on the floor might be the best lineup of five in the NBA. If I'm being honest, like that sounds outlandish. Well, that's but... on a team right now, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just because I mean, there's just a bunch of different options. In general, though, think about it. Like, what what starting five or what five guys on a single team would you take over that five? Any team in the NBA? I'll drink the Kool Aid a little bit here. Um, like I'm thinking through. Like yeah, I'm looking at the best teams. Maybe you could put out a better five from the Clips. Like yeah, Kawhi. That's, that's all I was thinking about. Kawhi, George, Beverly. Lou Will. Morris. Harrell. Yeah, you can find five, Maybe I Lou guess. Will. There's, like, I don't know. You can, like, interchange people from that team. That's how deep it is. Yeah. I, but, hey, they're, they're fucking out. So <laughs> it's not like they were that good, right? Like, <laughs> that was just a collapse. Oh, uh, I wish they were better. <laughs> you just don't want LeBron to win. Can I we don't. talk about talk about that for a sec, yeah. too? Anthony Davis just murdering Denver fans? Dude, Denver, Denver really, like, they fucked blew everything it. up just to lose. They blew it, man. They, they, did you watch the last play where Anthony yeah, Davis I did. got the shot? 
My, Mason Plumlee. They got man. two stops before that, and they I just know. couldn't like finish the game. That's the worst part. Hey, don't count them out though. They win this one, lose the next. They're down three one again. That's a dangerous fucking team. Uh, all right. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Hey, I'm just saying you you made you clown me uh, after games one and two, and I said, hey, this Nuggets Clippers series could go seven. You you clown me, and look where we are now. Yeah. Oh, I hope uh, you're right. Believe me, I hope you're right. Yeah, <laughs> I do too, man. Uh, do you see some of the stuff coming out? I guess we can transition to some NBA talk now uh, with Doc Rivers. No. What happened with uh, Doc? A bunch of uh, players. He's not fired or anything, obviously. I'm pretty sure he's going to be back. But a bunch of players came out and said that they were questioning some of the decisions he was making down the stretch. Yeah, Which, a, that team needs to be blown up, unfortunately. Yeah. And Paul George... <laughs> <laughs> was in the locker room. I, saying, I like, read this. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, run, I did read that. We got to run it back next year, yeah, boys. Yeah, they were we rolling this. their eyes at him. Yeah, I mean, can you blame them? He played like shit. He yeah. was off. And you're going to sit there and tell your teammates that they need to come back? Like, bro, you're not the one to make that speech. Kawhi needs to make it. Pat Bev needs to make it. Just anybody but you, man. You played like trash. Well, you really can't. I don't know if you can buy a team. You know, I think that might kind of be a testament. It's hard to throw a team together. I mean, the Celtics did it in 2008, I guess, and they came together and won, but it's yeah. kind of hard to just throw a team together, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it was only Chemistry one year. matters. Exactly. Like, I mean, you could argue that when you threw the Miami Heat together after free agency in 2011 when they lost well, to Well, they Mavs. didn't win the finals. Yeah, exactly. They lost they to lost. Dallas. They, yeah, but then they won the next year. This Clippers team Took didn't make it out. Took him a year. Yeah, it took him a year. But this Clippers team didn't even make it out of the second round, and they lost to the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> like, I feel like that's a very different thing. Like that Heat team made it all the way to the finals. They beat. They lost to an All Star, top twenty, thirty NBA player of all time. Uh, against, uh, granted, yeah, that uh, Dallas team wasn't very good. But the Clippers lost to the Nuggets after being up three to one. Like. In the second round, <laughs> with the... it definitely is different circumstances. Yeah. But I know what you're saying. You know what's yeah. kind of funny? I'm about to slander Dirk. Yeah, even though ahead. I really like Dirk. Yeah, I saw like a post saying like before he won his championship, he had like very, very like unimpressive like uh, an unimpressive resume. Like he'd lost so many times out of the second round, stuff like that. Yeah. And, like, they were saying how much of a difference it makes to win a championship. Yeah, I mean, hey, but all, I guess all that matters in the end is that he did win that championship. And that's one of the most impressive uh, wins of the past decade, in my opinion. Or yeah. Two decades, I guess, at this point. All right, that like, and the Raptors. Yeah, the Ra- I mean, that's a great debate, I guess, because, what, they were going up against Steph Curry and Draymond Green at that point? I mean, yeah, but, like, there were still other... Uh, you know, everybody played in that series. They just ended up getting hurt at the end. Yeah, but like, yeah. before that, they there, were playing holes, against them. There's holes that can be poked in every story. Like, you can look at the Warriors dynasty and say that if Kyrie didn't get hurt in the finals, they could have lost. If Zaza Pachulia didn't maim Kawhi Leonard on a three-point shot, they could have lost. If Chris Paul didn't get hurt, they would have lost. But there's excuses for everything. Like, everyone's going to find a hole to poke in every story. Yeah, no, it... The Warriors deserve all the credit, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. I'm just... Um, I'm always going to be for the Warriors. I like the Warriors. Really? 
I, yep. Just because they beat LeBron. You just like yep. them. <laughs> they did the job. Fair enough, man. Uh, and a lot and, of people... and finish the Warriors, they kind of built their team from the ground up aside from KD, so you got to respect yes. it. And that wasn't even like... You can't even blame the Warriors for that. Like, if you're the Warriors, you're not going to throw an offer at KD. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's on him, I think. Uh, he bitched out, in my opinion. But, hey, res- you got to you respect it. You won rings. You won Ray Allen did it first. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. Facts. So you're talking about the time he left uh, yeah. for, for Boston or the time he left for Miami? <laughs> Miami. He didn't leave for Boston. He got traded. True. You're right. You're right. You're right. But. He decided to leave to go join the Heat after they lost to him, so he did it first. Here's a conversation I guess we can have. Who do you think is the next superstar to win a ring for his franchise? So what I mean by that, like... Tatum. Dirk. Okay, you think... Okay. <laughs> Tatum or Luka? I-, I walked into that. All right, Luka, there's one. You don't think Luka's going to ever leave Dallas? No. Really? Do you think Giannis think so. is ever... You think Giannis is going to dip? Yeah, I think Giannis is out of there. You think this season? You think he's gone this year? Well, he has to get traded, so that's up True. to them. True. The way everyone talks about it, it sounds like he's a free agent. He's not. Yeah. I they, they even had me thinking he was a free agent. Yeah, me too, but it's just everyone talking. Rumors. Uh, I have a few more then. Uh, James Harden, is he in Houston next season? That's interesting. Right. Um I personally would be very interested to see them blow it up. I think we discussed this before. Briefly, Maybe we yeah. didn't. Maybe it was me and my friends house we were talking about this. If they blow him up, where could they trade him to? Like, maybe they trade him to Sacramento, but where would they get idea. back? I have an idea. I have one to throw at you if you want to hear maybe it. Maybe the Knicks would get him. So, think about a deal like this. You take James Harden and Eric Gordon, right? You ship them off. You get Ben Simmons and Al Horford back with a few picks and, like, Matisse Teibel. Thoughts? You think... Uh, Philadelphia would do that? I mean, you're getting rid of Ben Simmons, who I think is... I guess they would do that. I, I, I would argue Ben Simmons could have been a larger problem than Joel Embiid. Because uh, you, do you see the stuff with Brett Brown and I Simmons? still think Ben Simmons sucks, so... Yeah, yeah. We talked against, about this. Uh, yeah, no, Max. against Jimmy Butler. Against Butler. Oh. Uh, Brett Brown, uh, there's been, like, rumblings that said Brett Brown and Ben Simmons said they didn't want to have Jimmy back, so he was out. Which, really? <laughs> Yeah, they, Brett Brown didn't want to coach Jimmy again, and Ben Simmons didn't want him playing uh, anymore either. So, uh, I mean, we we know see how that went because Jimmy Butler's in conference final now, and the rest of them are sitting at home. But you take those two, give them there. Uh, I saw a three team trade. This was all on um, you know, Six Rings of Steel. He's a YouTuber. He's a cool, dude. Yeah, I like him. Uh, yeah, he's a nice guy. He's like our age too, which is dope. I was just about to say that. <laughs> but uh, it was like a Chris Paul. To Chris Paul and oh god, Chris Paul and James Harden to Philly, right? right. Then you send like oh god, what was the exact deal? Then like Tybal, Josh Richardson, Al Horford, and picks from both teams to OKC or something like that. And then Ben Simmons, I believe, goes to Houston with a few other assets. So that way. Uh, or I think Horford might go to Houston too. That way, OKC gets picks, uh, Matisse Tybel, Josh Richardson, so younger guys and picks, and they get off the Chris Paul contract. Uh, Houston gets rid of uh, James Harden, and they can start to blow it up uh, with Ben Simmons as their 
like centerpiece. They can trade Westbrook too at that point because you can't really have Westbrook and Simmons on the same team. And then Philly gets a trio of Chris Paul, James Harden, and Joel Embiid. Be interesting. Right. Chris Paul and James Harden playing together again would be That's what I was something say. else. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it worked better than James Harden and Russell Westbrook, evidently, right? Yeah, it definitely did. Um, I'm trying to think of something else I wanted to talk to you about because there was something. Oh, the West next year I wanted to bring up because the East, I would argue. The West is packed. Yeah, I was going to say, I could argue that you could name the eight playoff teams in the East right now. So let's try to do that. So the Celtics, I think, are going to be in the playoffs, obviously. The Raptors. Celtics, Raptors, Milwaukee, Brooklyn. um, 76ers. Philadelphia, probably. Yeah. Um, Heat, Miami. Indiana. Yep, the Heat, the Pacers. Who else? So that's one, two, three, four, five, six. That's seven. We have one spot left. Probably the same teams as this year. Yeah, just going to be a dump team. Uh, the Hawks, I would argue. The Hawks, make a, yep, you're yeah. right. I think Trey Young's a beast, honestly. He just, I mean, they built a much better team for the future now, I would argue. So, um, yeah, and I, I could re- see the Pacers not being in there for, like, the Wizards or something if John Wall comes back or something like that. But the main core of teams, I would argue, is pretty set in stone. Meanwhile, the West is just a mosh pit. So, Let's try to name all the teams we think could make the playoffs, and then iron out that. You want to do that? So the Lakers, Lakers Clippers. Yep. Uh, we'll hold off on Houston to see what they do. Okay. Um, I have a list in front of me. Denver, so. uh, Dallas. Okay. OKC. Yeah, OKC probably gets better. I'll put them on the side just in case, because you don't know if they trade Chris Paul or something. Yeah, Portland. Um, Portland, really? Is Minnesota? Uh, maybe the Jazz. Angelo Russell. Yeah, maybe Utah. It's hard. There's like a lot of bubble teams. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, the Suns after that run. Maybe you think the Suns could do something. And I think we're still for... not really sold on the Suns, to be honest with you. Yeah, Memphis. Yeah, Memphis will probably get in. Because they're probably like, only going to get better. I feel like we're definitely forgetting like some really big teams, and I'm being an idiot. Hold up. Let me pull up the standings. Just go through the divisions. So you've got San Antonio, Houston, Dallas, Memphis. Oh, the Pelicans? The Pelicans? Pelicans, Pelicans aren't making it. Really? You don't think so? No. Well, maybe. You never know. I, the Warriors, they're going to make it. Oh, yeah, the Warriors. The Warriors are probably going to be the best team in the league. So I got the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets. Oh, so I'm so happy the Warriors are going to be back. Oh, I'm happy. <laughs> they're fun to watch. It was annoying watching them win. Not over. only are they fun to watch, but they're going to beat LeBron. They're going to beat up on him. <laughs> so we got the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, uh, the Mavericks. That's four. The Warriors is five. You think the Blazers and the Jazz both make it? I think Portland makes it. Jazz are up in the air. Okay. I feel like the so Jazz got worse as the season progressed. I thought the Jazz were going to be really good I mean, going into they... the season. And then, like, they kind of fell off. Like, they had a disappointing season. So, we'll see. They, I mean, they were missing Bogdanovich at that point. I'm not I'm not dis- – well, throughout the whole season. I'm not talking about oh, just okay. in the bubble. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I'm not going to discount what Donovan Mitchell is capable of or anything like that. Because yeah, I yeah. think Donovan's really solid. I, I like Celtic. him a lot. Future Celtic, him and Bam on the Celtics in a few years. Uh, um, I don't think there's any way they get their hands on Bam, unfortunately. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. Just a meme. Um, so we got 
both LA teams, Denver, Dallas, Blazers, Warriors, that's six. So then you have the Jazz, the Rockets, the Thunder, Minnesota, the Suns, Memphis, and the Pelicans left. And that's discounting the Kings, who I don't think will be terrible. The Spurs. Kings won't be terrible, but like, are they really good. that good? Like... No, no. Um, yeah, and that leaves just the Kings and the Spurs. So out of those teams left, the Jazz, the Rockets, the Thunder, the Wolves, the Suns, the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, Kings, Spurs, you have two spots. And all of those teams are decent, I would argue. Outside, yeah, fair. outside of maybe the Spurs. I don't think the Spurs will be very good, unfortunately. Spurs might be the worst team out in the West. I mean, but then you look at the bottom of the East, man. The Hornets, the Bulls, the Knicks. No, I'm talking about just in the West. I know. I'm just saying, like, it's such a big difference out of those teams. It's kind of ridiculous. My, my picks would probably be... Um, Depending on, you know what a huge thing is going to be? What coaches go where? I think that could have a huge impact on the playoffs. Cause, I don't think it's going to have a massive impact. Really? I, dude, Dan, D'Antoni, uh, Donovan's free, Billy Donovan, uh, McMillan. Billy Donovan would be an interesting coach. If you put him on, like, Indiana, maybe? That would be interesting. Billy Donovan. I feel like they should throw him on. Um, I feel like the Kings should fire Luke Walton and hire Billy Donovan. Why be... is Luke Walton coaching anyone? <laughs> That's the question. Honestly. Hmm. I'm thinking through. You know where Dan D'Antoni should go? Him running that seven second or less offense in New Orleans would be so fire. Like that'd be such a good fit, dude. Did they Zion. fire Elvin Gentry though? Yeah. Gentry's gone. Mm-hmm. So D'Antoni coaching Lonzo and Zion on the fast break, dude, match made in heaven. Are you kidding me? And then you got what other coaches fired there or teams fired their coach Steve Nash in Brooklyn. That's weird. What the fuck? So, so weird got, that they picked him. Yeah, yeah. What if they just picked him because it would someone it would be someone they respect, so they'll listen yeah. to him? I don't know. That's so uh, weird. It's not you know I'm not discounting his mind. Obviously, if you're a point guard, you know the game well enough to coach. Of course, point of course. guards probably make the best coaches. I think they see it as like a Steve Kerr fit. I'm not saying Steve Kerr is a bad coach, but. I think Steve Kerr is smart enough to let the players do their own thing and not necessarily take a backseat coaching, but kind of like recognize when the players are hot and say, okay, you might take some dumb shots, but you're Steph Curry. Like you can take those shots. Steve Nash might be like, okay, you're Kevin fucking Durant. Like take the shots you need to take and I'll coach the rest of the team to build around you guys. Meanwhile, a guy like Tom Thibodeau or D'Antoni or all these guys are going to be trying to run the offense like an actual offense rather than just give the ball to the best player. Yeah. I don't know, though. I mean, then you got Kenny Atkinson, right? I've heard Kenny Atkinson, a lot of rumors. Uh, the Bulls need a new coach. I don't think the Bulls will be at bad next year, man. I think the Bulls could be decent. Maybe. Depends <laughs> what they do in free agency. I don't think they're that great. Yeah, they're not great, but in the bottom of the East, they could be like Zach Levine sucks. He's overrated, too. <laughs> He's, I don't, I don't like think him. I don't think he's that bad. He's just not everything people say he is. Yeah, he's overrated. Yeah, fair, fair. All right, so game four is Wednesday. Big game. Uh, really, two two is significantly different than three one. Mm-hmm. What do the Celtics need to continue to do to win another game? I, guess. I think you said it. You said it earlier. Just like 
play defense, right? Like, I, I, like defense leads to good offense. Um, Celtics did a great job of shutting down, like I said, Goran Dragic earlier. So if they can just continue to shut down those pieces in Miami, like I don't think Butler, as good of a player as he is, he's not that offensive threat that's going to kill you throughout the whole game. He's that clutch player that gives you the buckets when you need them. But stopping Dragic and stopping Bam rolling to the rim, I think, is the most important. And then obviously keeping the ball moving. But that defense is the root of everything, uh, I believe. What do you think? Yeah, defense. So I think Belichick was the one. Like he was he went on a call with them or something. He said, control what you can control. So they can control what they do on defense. That's what they need to do. It's it's important that they remain aggressive and mm-hmm. still play hard regardless of what's going on because I mean you gotta that's how you win <laughs> yeah I mean it, and that's 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 how they lost the first couple games because they, they look, stopped they just looked like they didn't care anymore dude that, that game too is painful to watch in the third quarter yeah. Uh, I think it's a miracle they were even in that game. The way they were looking, they deserved to be down by 20, but they, they almost won. But just – I don't know they, if I'd say miracle, but – They shouldn't have been as close – it shouldn't have been as close as it was, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, game one was a heartbreaker, obviously. You win that game, that's like a coin flip at that point. Obviously, the Celtics shouldn't have blown the lead, but – that Tatum dunk was a good shot. You you got to give it to the best player, and that Bam block was just a crazy feat of yeah, athleticism. Good play. Yeah, One and thing, then another thing they need to continue to do. We talked about this as well. Um, keep taking good shots. Uh, you yes. said they didn't take as many threes. That's important. Uh, it allows if you're taking good shots, it's hard to come back. And mm-hmm. every single game, the Celtics have gotten up. There's a reason they keep getting up. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I mean. In game four, I talked about this earlier. Like you said, they didn't take threes. But the ability to get to the rim was huge. We saw Jalen Brown early on just driving and driving and driving. And then Tatum did the same thing. And Kemba's mid-range was good, and he made some threes. But the Celtics' ability to get to the rim is what's going to win them games. They're not an amazing three-point shooting team. Like Tatum can hit them well. Brown can hit the well, catch and shoot, but they're not like the Heat or the Raptors or these teams who live and die by the three. Like their ability to get to the rim is what will win the basketball games, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, getting to the rim is important. It's where you make your shots. It's where, <laughs> you know, it's the easiest place to make a shot. Yeah, yeah of course. At least course. for the NBA players, not for me. <laughs> but, I, um, I get yeah, stuffed every time. Like you. No, I just miss. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Um, but Do you think – this is something else I wanted to ask you. Tyler Harrow obviously killed us game two – or game three, I mean. It didn't matter in the end. Tyler Harrow killed us. Duncan Robinson almost killed us. Do you think it's more important to shut those guys down or – focus on team defense or do you think the Celtics like like you said they put smart on Dragic they put like certain matchups in places do you think they need to focus on team defense or like focusing in on those key players uh in the Heat's offense that's a good question I just feel like I don't know it just it's tough Dragic keep Dragic out of it yeah it's tough because those other guys are young they're not as experienced not that Drogic has a massive amount of experience either, but, I mean, he 
obviously has lit them up. He was an he's an all-star a couple years most, ago. He's probably the most dangerous guy that they've got. <laughs> I agree. And like I said earlier, when we shut him down, we won game three. So that obviously had an impact. Um, I saw a play going around a lot of the time. I think Keith Smith tweeted about it. Dragic does that little run-in, step-back floater thing, and Jalen Brown just stuffed the shit out of him. Yeah. Um, and I, I saw Keith, Keith Smith's tweet. He was like, the only other player I've ever seen uh, get Dragic on that play is John Isaac. So he looked actually like shocked when Brown was quick enough to turn around and block him on that play. And the whole defense on Dragic that game was a huge reason. Um, the Celtics were able to pull it out, in my opinion. Well, yeah, when the guy that's been carrying them is not scoring, it's definitely better. Yeah, <laughs> when you put it that way, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I, I just think defense passing the ball and continuing to play with that intensity that started in the locker room after game two is going to win us the game uh, in game four. And like you said, I think the Celtics, I, I, I know they can win the next three. It's just a matter of if they let up at all anymore. I think they absolutely should win the next three, to be honest with you. I mean, there's no reason they shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, we, like we said that said, in game if one. They, if they let up, if they let up, it's up to them. They're yeah. in control. Yeah. You just said it. They're mm-hmm. in control. And I know you're not arguing me, but I'm just saying, like, they oh, yeah. are in control of this. Like, people need to realize Celtics have this series in their palm of their hands. They always have. And the reason why they're down 2-1 to one is because they let up two games. Mm-hmm. There's no reason they should lose this series if they have their mind right. Yeah, it's like I said a couple shows ago. This series is the Celtics to lose, not the Heats to win, in my opinion. Yeah. It is what it is at this point, man. They just got to keep their foot on the uh, on the gas. I was about to say the break, but please don't put your foot on the break, Boston. Yeah, don't do that. Um, uh, yeah, man. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we start to wrap this up? I personally am good. I'm all set, too. Uh, you guys can follow the podcast at underscore from the Rafters on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Bannertown Jack, and make sure to follow at Bannertown USA as well. Uh, we're pumping out content for you guys. Got a great team of writers. Shout out to all you guys if you guys are listening. Uh, Hayden, uh, I'll go through them. Uh, Hayden Pike writing for us. Garrett Render, Tim Shields. Uh, uh, I'm trying to get the list up just so I don't forget anybody. Uh, yeah, Joe Capino is going to start writing. Juan Barco Robayo. Sorry if I pronounced your name wrong, guys. Uh, Liam Driscoll, my buddy. Uh, just a great team there. Really want to get you guys the best content, best Celtics NBA content we can. Uh, and yeah, obviously this podcast. It's been a blast. Uh, I'm enjoying seeing the feedback. Make sure to uh, mention us on Twitter. Is that what it's called? At us or whatever with your questions. And Tag uh, us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll let you finish it off here, Sam. Okay. Uh, game four, Wednesday night. Actually, I don't even know what time it is. Let's check. I think it's 730. I think it might it's be later. 830 again? I think it's 830 again. Yeah. Well, quote-unquote 830. <laughs> they need to get their shit together with that, too. It's some bullshit. Yes. I agree. 8.30. Jack was right. So, Celtics, 8.30, Wednesday night. Um, you can follow me at Bannertown Sam. Follow the podcast. Uh, that's our show for today. Bye.